Welcome back to the Between Breaths podcast. Uh, in this episode, I'm very excited to introduce to you someone that a lot of you probably will already know, uh, Jamie Clements, uh, aka The Breath Space. Um, I'm very privileged and thankful to be able to call Jamie um, a friend. We've worked together a couple of times on uh, various different workshops and um, yeah, we uh, we connected uh, the first time we met and he's, as you will see, um, an absolute true gent of a guy, um, a lovely bloke, um, beautiful heart, very humble and just here to here to help. He's got his own personal story of, of how anxiety and panic attacks from a very young age um, put him into a very, very dark and difficult place. Um, and breathwork has been one of the things that's been... Um, I guess his saviour and his, he talks about his healing journey. Um, we talk about everything from identity to um, your know, identity, that's, uh, the schooling system and, and all sorts in this, um, as well as obviously the specifics around breath work, what he calls full spectrum breath work, uh, what that uh, entails, what that is like, uh, his methodology on it, um, and as well as some, uh, towards the end, some real take home practical uh, bits of help and advice for people wanting to um, where, what's a good starting place for uh, if you're struggling with anxiety and panic attacks so um, I hope you're going to love this uh, podcast as much as I did with Jamie Clements um, as I like to call JC uh, gave him a new nickname and uh, initials are called nicknames aren't they I mean, no, my, my initials is DJ but no one calls me DJ. I think it's quite a good, quite a good initials. So it's just Jacko. Maybe I'll start calling myself DJ and see if I can get that to uh, that to catch on. Um, anyway, that's uh, yeah. We're looking forward to uh, this podcast uh, with Jamie. But uh, before we do get started, just to um, thank the podcast sponsors HVMN um, who provide the Ketone IQ, um, and I've got the two. There's it comes with various different products, but the two that I've been using, the little comes these little handy shots as well as the, the more concentrated uh, bottle. Ketones are a natural fuel source um, and a clean fuel source for, for the brain. Um, I've been using these uh, for a while now, um, seeing some really nice improvements now that I've been utilizing it more in my endurance uh, training. I've got an ultra marathon coming up um, in the Peak District over two days. Um, I've been fueling my training with it, but looking forward to using it as a, uh, a great fuel source during uh, the, the the ultra marathon itself um, but before that for everyone in terms of brain health giving um, giving the brain good quality um, uh, fuel that is uh, not dependent on glucose all the time I've talked about why this is important for um, acute phases of brain injuries but aside from that I'm 10 years on from my brain injury and I've been using this now seeing improvements in my sleep seeing improvements in my concentration reduction in brain fog and um yeah it's it's something that um i take daily now and um i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't go through a day now really i'd probably stress out if i went through a day now and, and i couldn't have my ketone iqs um so uh massive thank you to them for sponsoring the podcast um i always wanted to uh, if if there if there was ever going to be a sponsor of the podcast to be someone that shared my um yeah my my ideas and my uh, beliefs on um, helping people, helping the body, helping the brain. Um, and yeah, they're very kind to sponsor podcasts and, and give you 20% off. So you can use the code Jacko, J-A-C-K-O, um, at hvmn.com, or there'll be a link in the show notes with a direct link, which is www.hvmn.com forward slash Jacko. And that will put in the 20% discount code automatically for you. Um, so Head over to hvmn.com forward slash Jacko and uh, get 20% off your ketone IQ. We enter this world taking our first breath and sadly we leave this place taking our last. And what I want to do with this podcast is to explore what happens between those breaths. I'm David Jackson, Jacko, and this is the Between Breaths podcast. Uh, so... Jamie Clements, or newly, I think I just gave you a new nickname, didn't I? JC, welcome to the, <laughs> welcome to the BB, the, the Between Breaths podcast. With, with, with DJ. With DJ, yeah. <laughs> All of the initials. Um, pleasure to have you uh, 
on the podcast. You were one of the first people I reached out to. I was like, I need to get my boy Jamie, JC, onto the uh, onto podcast for um, for people listening just uh, that maybe haven't come across you yet. But you know, we've done some workshops together. I know you have a, a, a band of followers on on the gram that um, are very much enjoying your work. But for anyone that hasn't come across uh, Jamie Clements, the Breath Space, um, yeah, who are you? Who am I? Yeah, good question. Um, and yeah, thank you for having me, mate. It's uh, always a pleasure to chat and nice to actually record one of our conversations for, <laughs> for posterity. Um, so yeah, Jamie Clements, I'm um, founder of a business called The Breath Space, um, breathwork coach and facilitator. Um, I do other things, but that's sort of what I'm probably best known for. Um, I'm really just trying to make breath work, you know, as I know, is is a shared mission for you as well, kind of normal, accessible, um, powerful, but really kind of making it for everybody. Yeah. Um, and that's really at the core of, of everything that I do. Yeah, nice. I love I do. Um, I do love that sort of uh, making breath work normal is a phrase that I've used before. But I like we said, make it, it it's for everyone. And it's one of those really sort of obvious things, but often you probably don't find it until something find it is that even the right word discover it or just mm. uh, explore it um until potentially really quite need it um you know people yeah. know my story of like a brain injury and you know it wasn't straight away it was like years to come to get to that point um i do want to ask you where your journey into it started but you mentioned something then, which is I made a I haven't posted it. Yet, I made a little Instagram video around identity that mm. you just said that these are the things that I do, but I do other things as well. Or there's more to me, obviously, than this. But I'm here to talk about uh, breathing, which yeah. I just it just was. I wasn't going to ask you about this, but just because you mentioned, it, I was like, and and literally, I a couple of days ago made this video, just recorded a video. It was only off the back of someone. I was part of a session with with some another coach hosting. Um, and it was my good friend, Carl Poli, uh, who's been, was the first guest on the podcast and we was doing a session and he said, In introduce yourself, Jacko, to the group. And I reeled off the things that I do <laughs> rather than like who I am. And yeah. I had, I'm very in tune with that because when I played rugby, the identity was in being a rugby player. And when that was taken away through injury, it was like, you have this identity crisis. Mm. Like it's obviously, it's nothing to do with breathing, but I just think you, you, you mentioned it there in your own, what does, where does, how does that sort of identity thing sit with you? Where, because now we do sort of now identify mm. as, ah, oh, you know, I'm Jamie breath space. I'm Jacko breathing. Mm. Like, yeah, it's, it's a really, I mean, I mean, I could talk to you for the rest of the episode about this. Oh, I'd love to. Maybe, maybe, maybe we sank off the breathing. We just talk <laughs> yeah. about this. This is probably more important, not just for me and you, but it's important yeah. for everyone. We all have these identity labels. Exactly. Uh, and I think the reason why why I love this conversation is I probably about six months to a year ago, um, let's call it nine months, um, I realized how tightly I'd tied myself to oh, that's Jamie, the breathwork guy. Yeah. And I'd found myself, because I have a load of great friends that I've made through breathwork and yeah. through my work. I've also got, you know, my older friends who now see what I'm doing. And because I love what I do, because I, I'm immersed in what I do. And I think especially when what you do is very closely linked to your life. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a bit of a blurry line between work and and life. Yeah. Um, and that can be a positive or a negative, but I think when that happens, it can become blurry for other people in terms of how they view you and actually do, yeah. are they able to view you as anything beyond what you do? Um, but more importantly, I realized that I needed to embrace other parts of my identity for, for myself yeah. purely because what I found I was doing was Jamie, the breathwork facilitator, takes quite a specific form in in how I conduct myself and how I engage with people. You know, yes, it's me and it's fully me, but there are certain, you know, 
boundaries that I have to have in place and certain ways in which I engage with people that are appropriate and professional based yeah. on what I do. For sure. And I, I was starting to hold myself to those standards in other areas of my life. And I sort of felt like I had to be showing up as the, the space holder as the kind of not, you know, the kind of the, you know, someone who could always be relied upon and all of these different things that um, are important for my work. I was just, I was showing up as breathwork version of me in every aspect of my life. And I actually right. found it quite challenging without realizing initially. Yeah. And so I had to do a lot of kind of unpacking of that and and thinking around that and really paid quite close attention to my life outside of my work, which was, you know, how could I re-engage with, you know, certain areas of my life, certain friends, certain hobbies, certain kind of, you know, ways of um ways of living. And I think one of the one of the moments where I really realized that was I was at lunch with some mates and I made a pretty, I'd say a pretty kind of dark joke. Um, and you know, I, I like a bit of dark humor within reason. <laughs> and one of the guys who I've known for a while turned to me and said, Oh, that's, that's not very on brand. And what he meant was that's not very on brand for the version of you that we see on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't make a really dark joke on my breathwork page. That's all about, you know, mental health and well-being. Like that's not how I would show up on there, but that is still a part of me. And I think people struggle sometimes with this because we feel like if we're showing up in different ways with different people that we're in some way being disin disingenuous or not authentic, but actually it's normal to, you know, show up in a slightly different version of yourself, depending on where you are and depending on who you're with. And, you know, I'm going to act differently around my grandma to how I'm going <laughs> yeah. to act around my best mate. Like th those are just, it's still me but they're different parts of me showing up at different times and in different ways. And I think it's been a really, it's been incredibly healthy for me to start stepping back into parts of myself that aren't quite so closely tied to who I am and what I do in, in the work capacity. Yeah. I think that would be really interesting for people to hear. And I think it will res it resonates with me. I think it will resonate with a lot of people that, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. People listening to this won't all be, uh, breath coaches or facilitators if everyone's got all sorts of different jobs but we'll have that like that variation of like okay I've got a job that I I do and it pays the bills but I love living my life outside of that and then the other end of the spectrum is doing something that you feel deeply passionate about which is amazing is great is a great privilege but at the same time as you say it, it blurs those lines of like Oh, I want to go and help this. I want to. I want to do this thing to help this person. I'm doing the right thing, and I found that like uh, in that type of scenario, it's very easy to do so much that then you start um, diluting almost yourself and your your energy, and um, that's that's another another side to it. But that sort of um, yeah, different like like I'm a Gemini, right, and mm -hmm. so. I can literally, there's like, I'm a qualified science teacher. When I say it's over this thing, they, they, they think it's funny. Um, and like, I've got like, there's a, there's a, there's a teacher almost version of me that I can, um, <laughs> I can be with a group and then like, we're, you know, we're about to start the way and I'll, I'll, I don't do it on purpose, but I'll sort of like, right, come on. Like we're, the class is starting effectively. Mm -hmm. And then it just comes across Obviously I don't realize I'm doing it, but it comes across in this quite like strict or like really, and then, and everyone like goes, goes all dead serious. Whereas the room could have been really quite buzzing and I can be super serious. And the, and the work that we're doing is very serious. Like a lot of people will use the words like this is it's life changing when you've, you know, I'd love to hear some stories from, from, uh, you sharing stuff that, that you're doing with your work, but you, that's not uncommon for people to tell. So it's, it is that serious, but at the same time as a Gemini, I can, within a split second, I can be not taking myself very seriously of what I'm doing seriously. And it, it's, mm. there's, I think it's important for people to, for us ourselves to like embrace all of us, as well as people understanding that they're everybody that you see, whether you see them on TV or on Instagram or whatever, or you just bump into them on the street, 
you're just seeing a fraction of them in that moment and actually they may well be in that moment or they're actually their mind might be elsewhere and even though you visit them in that moment they're I don't know they just got a phone call that their mum's got cancer and so their head is nowhere near this and you know understanding that I think is for ourselves is super important but then we can be uh I guess more compassionate and more um helpful for and supportive of each other definitely yeah no I, I totally agree I think as well there's sort of a layer with social media that that adds to all of this right as, as you've mentioned there because you get to choose don't you on social yeah. media you get to go literally you can record a video and go oh, I don't like that one and delete it <laughs> so yeah. you actually get to choose what people get to see um, yeah and I think as well in sort of the wellness space the healing space whatever you want to call it um, there's a temptation probably ego-led temptation on the side of the practitioner at times to put out a version of you that is like perfect and healed and doesn't have flaws and is like packaged and done and you know completed it which ironically doesn't help the person watching it because it makes if I see if I see that it makes me feel inadequate it makes me feel bad because I'm not that yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm always, you know, happy to share my own shit, basically, because <laughs> I think it's actually much more real and much more um, appropriate as someone who is supporting other people to be authentic and honest about your own struggles. And I always say to my clients, you know, beware of the, you know, the the practitioner, the facilitator who claims to be the guru, like beware of the guru, because the real guru is is someone who is, you know, well aware of their flaws not trying to pretend that they don't have any flaws and i think that's really important when we are looking in that kind of highlight reel of of social media and instagram because it's it's easy to forget we just take what we see as you know as real and gospel and and the full picture um when actually it's you know it's rarely the full picture i'm i'm much more of a mess than anyone that follows me on instagram would ever know um so yeah but we're on we're all on our own journeys aren't we and it's pretty like um that sort of um and if if someone if someone is is saying that they've got all the answers and they've got everything clued up and it's all it's all right unless unless they're jesus they're probably lying yeah (laughs) or they're they're trying to tell you something (laughs) (laughs) um you mentioned uh last time we did a workshop together which was a few months ago i I told you i was reading um power the now eckhart i'm still reading it but i'm near the end it takes me a long time dyslexic dave to get there but you said eager that there was a bit i read last night that that i wrote down um which I love this from, from Eckhart says, some of the ego strategies are extremely clever, yet they never truly solve any of its problems simply because the ego itself is the problem. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, unpacking yeah. that is just like, yeah, it's genius. He's brilliant. It's brilliant. I think that's, I, I that to me is almost, it's like that, that underlying principle of, of self-development because once you're aware of something, you can sort of work towards the healing of it and a deeper awareness of it and and how you can create change in your life for the better. But the ego is a master at finding loopholes. So like, I'll be like, I'm doing this. I'm aware that I want to change this. And so I'm going to do this. But then three weeks later, you'll have found like a unconsciously you'll have found a loophole that allows you to engage in the same behavior in a slightly different way and that's where you have to be that layer more and i'm talking from a very current personal experience where um, i'm not going to go into the the depths of it on a podcast Um, (laughs) but just observing that in yourself being like god the ego yeah you know it's almost a bit kaiser soze of like the greatest trick the the ego ever pulled was pretending it didn't exist and i think we're it's almost we can trick ourselves into thinking that you know we're we're acting in the right way when actually it might just be another loophole for the ego to find yeah there's a, there's almost nothing stronger than the there's nothing louder than the ego talking when it when you when you think that you've conquered your ego <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's the genius of it um right let's um people may or may not have uh, come to listen to us talking about identity and ego but um very important topics but let's just swing back towards your own sort of journey into, um, you know, what makes Jamie as a, as a whole and as a human would be the entire life story, but we'll focus a little bit on the, not, not taking away that there's more to us than just being, uh, the bread, but where's, 
where did your journey um issues around panic attacks and, and, and anxiety like where did that where did that start and just paint us a bit a little bit of a picture i remember when um, i'm trying to think who introduced me to you it might have been owen it was like oh jamie you and jay you'll get on well with jamie you'll love jamie um sound guy ex rugby player as well and 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 for me it's like oh ex rugby i get like there's loads of people in the bit in this space um that seem to be ex rugby mm. but um that sometimes conjures up a maybe an image in some people's minds um the other thing i've had um a friend had said to him before he wasn't from the rugby sort of world but he did a bit of his cameraman did some work um with some with some rugby players. he's like any time i meet a rugby lad is like I know that they're going to be sound to like get on with. He said it's just they're just always easy to get on with. I think there's some parts of it, it might be just rugby, just being part of a team and the yeah. the crowd and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, just paint us a little picture of you of of your backstory of of who Jamie is, as well as that journey into breathwork. Yeah, absolutely. So I think kind of the like bigger life story picture in a a brief nutshell was um, yeah, grew up relatively traditional upbringing um very from from quite an early age I was sort of identified I suppose is maybe the right way to say it as like I was pretty academic like I was I was doing very well in school um I was also very into my sport I played um a pretty high level of football as a, a young kid before um moving to a very academic school that didn't play football and so I had to changed sport and started oh, playing right. rugby what sort um, of age what sort of age uh that was 13 um, do, you, do you ever this is where we're laughing mate at you it was like he uh he was terrible at football but he always claimed he had a, a trial for uh <laughs> chelsea when he was like 12 or something it was like um it was like yeah everyone's everyone's had a trial i never had a Ever, trial yeah football, <laughs> yeah yeah there's some good stuff people still holding on yeah i had a trial at arsenal when i was 10 so <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah then transitioned into playing rugby um played rugby for probably from yeah from 12 13 uh until I was 24 um to varying kind of standards and levels and and to quite a decent standard in my late teens and early 20s um went to Durham University uh got a degree in economics which I'm clearly putting to extremely good use um right. and after uni spent uh best part of six years working in tech and and startups doing sales doing uh growth roles account management sort of the the people side of of, of that that world um and so that was sort of i suppose a brief view of my life and then from the age of about 15 i um started having some challenges with my with my mental health so my parents got divorced when i was 15 um and looking back now on sort of how my life developed from from there um started having some challenges around um depression um but primarily around anxiety and and in my early 20s um started suffering from from panic attacks um and probably from 21 to 25 that got gradually worse um gradually more significant um to the point where i was having near daily panic attacks and um when i was 24 just about turning 25 i um was in a really very dark place um and ended up getting into therapy um and really just trying lots of different things i was i was desperate i think it's probably the best way to put it i was really trying to find how i could support myself um and that was movement, that was yoga, that was meditation, that was kind of everything that you would think to suggest to somebody if if you were trying to get them to support yeah. themselves with their with their physical and mental health. And I found my way sort of by accident in a way, by suggestion of of someone that I knew at the time into into breathwork and into a breathwork session. Um, and really from there just sounds like a cliche and um, but I always think cliches have their place but sort of fell in love with it and just yeah. immersed myself in it and the reason for that I was a pretty skeptical you know young twin sort of early 20s rugby player working in London like I wasn't particularly spiritual I wasn't particularly open-minded I wasn't particularly um self-aware and yeah. um so for me, like, I just knew after the first few sessions, I was like, there's something in this. I don't know what yeah. it is, but it, it's helping. Yeah. 
And so yeah. I was like, I've been so desperate to find something that really did help that um, I just sort of took it and ran with it and immersed myself in it over the next couple of years, learning and experiencing lots of different styles, lots of different modalities of breathwork to the point where um, I felt like I felt passionately enough about how it had supported me that I wanted to be able to share it with other people. Um, and so then decided to start training, start learning, um, going sort of deeper down the rabbit hole. And now, yeah, sort of find myself here about three years later. Yeah. What I'm interested, slightly just out of my own curiosity, sure. of you mentioned there before about um, uh, friends having dinner and then you made a joke and someone's like, oh, it's not very on brand. First people that know you, like I don't know, I, I've known you for a little while now, but I didn't know you pre this. So for people that did know you, you'd said, you know, I, I was working in the city, I was playing rugby, pretty unaware, like a pretty uh, un self aware, is that the right word? Mm -hmm. um, people that know have seen that transition, like, have you ever had conversations with them? Is, is, or is, is my question purely going to be what you think they think? which is therefore we actually have no idea i think it's probably more um i, I i'd say it'd be an accurate guess of what i think okay. they think um so i actually think if if i i'm using the word think a lot here if i think back to early teens around the age of 15 16 14 maybe a little bit younger i remember having a a friend a guy that i'm still friends with today um, from school and we used to talk about psychology and like philosophy and share oh, cool. quotes that we loved and like I forgot about that for a long time and I was like yeah. okay maybe this doesn't maybe this makes more sense than I thought yeah. and actually probably the best person to go off with this is my mum <laughs> and sort of I I don't think it would have been a surprise to, for me to end up going sort of the way that I've gone. Okay. I think I've always been in very introspective, quite like a deep thinker. I've always wanted to understand the mind, why I think the way I think, why I do the things I do, but also yeah. other people. I've always had that in me. Yeah. And I think that's been a big driver of, you know, the work that I do now as well as wanting to understand, you know, the mind and the body and everything that goes into it, but also now sort of wanting to be able to support people with that. I think the sort of the, the gap in the middle where I had my kind of challenges, and this is all making a lot of sense and starting to feel a bit like a therapy session. But, um, <laughs> it's always a good podcast. When that's I, I believe sort of the challenges that I faced were a lot to do with just getting completely out of alignment with that part of myself mm -hmm. so if i think that that part was was there in some form when i was 13 14 and then hit 15 started struggling and yeah. that also aligned with when i you know stopped caring about my creative subjects at school and started thinking that i had to study maths right. and economics and yeah. had to go and work in finance because that's what my dad did and all of these things that sort of just took me off no, and no one was pushing me there particularly it was all sort of quite in instinctive to just go oh I need to fit in yeah. to protect myself to create a, a level of safety to be loved to be accepted yeah. I'm going to be something that maybe doesn't feel 100% right to me but actually um, is going to maybe in, in quotes keep me a little bit safer than if I were to go into something that really feels very aligned with who I am um, and so I think, yeah, I've, I've thought about it in those terms before, but never quite to that depth where I think this person, and I guess I view this as my healing journey in a way, it's sort of, this hasn't been a turning into someone new, this has been a reconnecting to yeah. someone old. Or discovering uh, what, because this is, I'd almost go one further as you're saying that, thinking that, uh, look at the school sort of analogy or just scenario, you get um you get sort of rewarded or applauded for doing well at particular subjects and subjects are part can't part part can't mentalized can't say that blooming word but you know like subjects are separate so like history is not creative yet why 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 couldn't it be is just mm. one little example but what you 
um, end up falling into, oh, this has been my experience for sure. And I think it's most people because it sort of makes sense in that you fall into the stuff that you're good at, mm. but the things that you're good at take you down a path that may or may not be actually who you truly are or mm. want to be. And you're going to get guided by the closest people around you, your your siblings, your parents, your close yeah. friends. So, or, you know, your school didn't play football. So it wasn't then an yeah. option. Like, so we get to like being like, I'm like 40 now and you like go, gosh, where are those 40 years ago? And actually how many, how many decisions were I making about my future or the path that I was going on rather than the path being almost dictated or, mm. or, or guided or being guided onto it. And I think that what's difficult is, you know, when you're 16 doing your GCSEs or whatever and choosing, do you want to do which subjects do you want to do and at A level and what you, like you're too, you're too young to understand what that is. And I don't, and I think at that age, it's, it's too difficult for us to, not just do what everyone else is doing because we want to fit in and we want to, yeah. I'll do that subject because my mate's doing it because mm. I just want to hang out with them. You know, uh, so yeah, no, and I, I, uh, I would love there to be more subjects like, you know, obviously teaching people how to breathe would be one, but teaching us how to, what is stress, how to manage yeah. stress and also like how to explore like who we actually are as people, not what are the things that we're good at. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I can't remember where the quote is from, or even exactly what the quote is, but it was something along the lines of, you know, in childhood, in the school system, um, sort of conforming is encouraged yeah. and rewarded. You know, yeah. being part of the system and and being good within that system is rewarded. And actually, in adulthood, what we realise is it's the outliers that are rewarded. It's the people that do things that, to break the mold that yeah. go the furthest and actually that is you know we're teaching kids the opposite of actually what you know we we could be and i yeah. think you know it you know we could go further into analyzing the government and the system and kind of <laughs> you know we're using the school system just to churn out very good well-behaved little workers rather than people who are going to be happy and fulfilled and you know doing what lights them up and then we sit here wondering why everyone's so miserable and why stress and anxiety are so rife and depression so rife it's like it makes total sense in you know within the rules of the game that we're all playing yeah. um and i think that's something that i always try and remind myself yeah yeah um let's talk a little bit specifically then around um breath work and yeah. breath training and um you know, I've, I've tried to do a little bit of um, sort of opening up the conversation with various different people around like, what is the difference between breath work and breath training? Is there a different what I mean, is there actually definitions of those things? Um, and so, you know, one of the phrases that, that I've seen you use um, a lot is talking about full spectrum in terms of what you offer you full spectrum breath work. Um, that will conjure up different ideas for some people. Other people will be like, I've got no idea what does that mean? Just, it sounds like a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what, how do you define what that is and, and what's your sort of methodology with it? Yeah, it's um, it's a funny one because I, I often see, it's it's a language is a funny one, I think when uh, with everything, but I think especially when we're talking about breathing, breath yeah. work, breath training, you know, even those three could all mean exactly the same thing, but yeah depends on who you ask right and I think that is part of our role and I know it's something you know again that comes back to our shared view on sort of making this accessible and normal and for everybody which is we need to do better at explaining what it is and, yeah, defi yeah. and defining what it is because it's yeah. it's messy and that mess has sort of come out of the rise in popularity and I think it's yeah. natural that you know as breathwork increases and sort of in awareness and continues to grow that it, it has the potential to get even more vague and even less clear. Um, so yeah. the, the approach that I've taken and sort of my methodology when it comes to my work with, within the world of breath is, as you said, sort of full spectrum breathwork. So I, my belief, and I'm very 
sort of careful to to very much say this is this is my take um is that breathwork is an umbrella term breathwork is an ex exceptionally broad term that covers any way that we can use our breath consciously to shift our state physically mentally emotionally spiritually um so you've got the banner kind of heading there of breathwork and then within that i've carved out these three pillars which are, are pretty well established in you know specific areas of the breath world which are functional breathing so looking at you know what is your unconscious state of breath how are you breathing day-to-day -day, moment to moment what is your natural baseline breath your breathing pattern biochemistry biomechanics what is kind of the overall state of your your respiratory health and and system and looking to to work within that to support people we then have the second pillar which is nervous system regulation um using the breath consciously as a tool to create shifts in state so simple exercises like extending the exhale or box breathing and these things that people are pretty familiar with now um within this space and then we have the the deeper end of the spectrum the more uh conscious connected breath work transformational styles of breath work holotropic breath work sort of all of those more spiritually led but more kind of standalone experiential journeys with the yeah. breath um and the reason that i like to set it out like that is i'm a huge believer that there's no silver bullet within wellness within healing within health mm -hmm. but i do believe under that banner and that spectrum that there's something for everybody that will help them in some yeah. capacity yeah. it might be a little bit of this and a little bit of that from different ends of the spectrum it might yeah. just be one part of it and this is i suppose this approach is underpinned by a belief that there's no one size fits all approach to breath work or to healing um yeah. and in approaching it from that full spectrum perspective it allows us to meet someone where they're at in terms of their past experiences their lifestyle their you know trauma in some cases yeah. um their own nervous system their own respiratory system and actually say okay based on where you're at right now what can i offer you how can i support you from this spectrum of of tools that we have access to rather than saying okay you're struggling with x i'm going to get you just to do this kind of breath work because this works for 80 percent of people yeah. um so yeah that's a little bit of i suppose the background to it and and why i like to to come at it from that angle yeah um you know there's there's something i'll often say that being careful to be like we get we use we you know we ourselves as coaches use the breath in various different ways to work on all sorts of different systems within within the body like we use it as a tool we can damn regulate we you know we've got all these we can, we've got all these things that we can influence with it and so we can be very obviously also very excited about it um i've will have had um anxious to know from, from your side things as well i've worked with clients everything from sort of like stress and anxiety to to digestive and gut issues um to clients that are going through things like chemotherapy um, and then into the sports performance world, working on performance and, and recovery. And we're able to influence positively all those different things, which can be very inciting, very you know, life-changing for a lot of people. Um, but I'll always sort of preempt it with a, look, breathing, I'm going to get excited about talking to you with about this, but it isn't the cure-all for all things, but it's likely to be part of a piece of a puzzle in that it's all that the, the breath influences other things that are outside of our control in terms of autonomic functions of the body, but it's the one that we can uh, mm. choose to do something on. And I think that it's often when we're, as, as you said before, when you were going through dark times, searching for experimenting, but searching for something will often be, we might be searching for a, a, a magic bullet um so we're looking for it and it can be um sometimes it, it might not even be the person that's offering it it's out there they're, they're they believe it also that it is it's like yeah just whereas the reality is what other things are you doing around around it you know um mm. 
thinking of someone that was going through chemotherapy it wasn't like i'll do this breathing exercise and stop your chemotherapy because it's better it's like no yeah. it was like the breathing exercise is going to help the body manage the stress of the mm. um of the chemotherapy as an example um, what sort of yeah what, what sort of um i guess a twofold question what sort of clients do you tend to work with um and then how do you distinguish out of that full spectrum are you going to work on functional breathing? Are you going to use a tool for the, the nervous system? Or are you going to use more of a experience? Mm. How do you, how do you choose that? Um, yeah, it's a really good question. I think in terms of the kinds of people that I work with, um, I, I know people have different views on this, but I, I, I keep it broad. Like I I'm, I'm saying, right. Can you breathe? yes you're in okay then you're in <laughs> I can and, and, yeah and, and you know there's obviously screening questions and conversations to be had you know that, that make it slightly less generic than that but yeah. um and there are probably people that resonate with me well there definitely are people that resonate with me and people that don't as with everybody you know some people aren't gonna like working with me and that's upsetting no, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so um i would say majority of um my clients typically you know, if we're going by standard kind of metrics would be between 25 and 40. Um, I'd say predominantly female, I think, mostly because I certainly feel like women are more advanced in their willingness to engage with healing modalities, as we kind of know, in society, it's a little bit easier for a woman to sort of to go there um, without being pushed. Um and one thing that I see more from like the retreats and events that I run are people who are looking for uh, looking for clarity, but looking for a like-minded community, looking for um, people who are in a similar stage in their journey. And I think breathwork is a really great tool for people who are quite early on in their sort of healing journey, who are looking to kind of explore a little bit further um and so yeah I, I think that would sort of cover the bases as well i do work with a handful of athletes on more of the performance side of things as well um a lot of the people that i work with privately um in particular the the most common thing i would say would be chronic stress and, and anxiety i think that's sort of the underlying or the overt challenge that a lot of people are facing you know who i work with and beyond um and then in terms of how I work with people and sort of how we work together to define the approach that we're going to take the, the first session, if I think about my private practice, the first session that I, I run will be very uh, consultative. So we'll be talking for the whole thing. We won't be doing a huge amount of breathing. Um, it'll be talking about stress, talking about sleep, talking about um, lifestyle and really trying to paint a picture of their life but also trying to paint a picture of like their their nervous system state yeah. um if they are naturally kind of sitting more in you know freeze or fight flight or whether they are pretty regulated then doing some functional breathing assessment looking at things like the bolt like mbt looking at sort of co2 tolerance looking at their natural breathing pattern from a mechanical perspective but also a kind of biochemistry perspective as well and then from there, what I'll do with people is sort of work as, as collaboratively as we can to say, okay, we have these sessions that we're going to be doing together, but then there's also all of the other hours outside of these sessions where you're yeah. still going to be breathing. And so creating a bit of a, I've, I've started feeling more and more like a personal trainer of, <laughs> of late to sort of be like, what is your program going to be? How, how can we create your your breathwork program that you're going to use daily, every other day, whatever it might be. And that will typically be more looking at functional and yeah. nervous system regulation. Yeah. That's coaching. Um, That's coaching, right? This is when I compared to like instructing, like when mm. I teach the, the Oxavantage certification, the, the people that I, that I work with, I'll, I'll literally say, look, okay, the, the certification is called like um, advanced instructor but I want you to leave this, not instructing someone purely mm. what to do. Do this exercise for 10 minutes, six times a day. Great. But what if they, what if they do it five times and then they, they give up on it because mm. they feel like they failed because yeah. you haven't worked with them to, yeah. So this is a good coaching, good coaching, um, 
sort of point you're making there around actually working with the client. Um, and I think, yeah. And I think as well, it comes back to that sort of meeting people where they're at. Yeah. So it's, you know, actually the, what a lot of the lifestyle questions that I'll, I'll be asking be like, what is realistic for this person to do in terms of, you know, do this. It'd be lovely to say, right, do this exercise for half an hour, 10 times a day. It's just not going to happen. You know, a busy mum who's got three kids and a full-time job. It's going, okay, what can we realistically do to help you support yourself? Yeah. Um, so there's that side of it. And then I think from the more conscious connected breath work and the, the spectrum, um, that is a, is sort of a judgment call that I'll make based on all of that other information. So if someone is really suffering with high anxiety, panic attacks, um, their nervous system is under a real amount of kind of chronic stress, I typically wouldn't go there at least for the first month or two while we focus on building healthy functional breathing habits, a deeper sense of safety in the nervous system, um, and then starting to explore some of those things. I also work with people who come specifically wanting to do that kind of breath work. And then if that's the case, there's also a conversation of, uh, you know, why, why the enthusiasm? Yeah. And I understand that, you know, people have heard great things about this kind of breath work. And so I can understand where it's coming from, but also still taking those steps to say, is this appropriate What's based on gonna, where you're at? That's the word I was going to say, like, is this, is this appropriate? Um, and I had, this, I had this question with them, um, with a the client this morning, they said, I'm trying to do, it doesn't matter what the things that they did and i just immediately did the like the child thing is a great question so i was like why <laughs> it's like and if you can't answer that question it's like well then we need to think about is it, it are these things that we do um yeah there's there's a a number of things that i obviously like about you and the, the, the work you do hence why we've we've done workshops and things together um and one of the things is that approach that is like looking at what's appropriate for the person and it is rather than just going right i've got this thing that you can do and it works for me so it must be great for everyone it's going no there's there's a, you you know you've took the time you've been a student and you've and you've um you've got that full spectrum that you can work with someone on and you're working on what is the most appropriate thing based on, you know, detailed assessments of someone's breathing and how, what that tells them about their nervous system and just building up a picture of, of who they are and, and what they're going to respond well to. And then using your experience as a, as a coach to be able to do the right things with them and, and lead them in the, in the direction to, to help them with whatever they, they wanted uh, or needed. And one of the things you said at the beginning, a word that was, that, that was being pulled out to me was like awareness. And I'd not necessarily thought about this before um, that I'll often say to people like everything starts with awareness and with breathing. It's one of those ones that's going on in the background all the time, just by having an initial conversation with a coach or somebody like yourself. And even you said in that first session, we, don't really, we might not even do many breathing exercises itself, but you're improving or heightening their awareness of like their starting point. Like until you realize you're an upper chest breather, how are you going to change it? It's not just about the information, but what, I don't, I don't know if this is them right, but what I'm feeling like there's this, there's this education element to it that I was saying to a client that last week, that if you, oh no, someone, I'm, sorry, it was, it was on the certificate, someone I'm training to be certified. So they're going to be a coach. I was like, with with somebody uh, and let's use the let's use the stress and anxiety um, example where you know you said you get a lot of people coming to someone's starting point for that and a little bit of awareness being around or coupled with the awareness sorry, being like the education to actually understand that that feeling and sensation to breathe faster like just where that's actually coming from and, and understanding physiologically if you're not being baffled by science, but just physiologically knowing like that, that urge to breathe, what's creating it, what's causing it, what's the end result that it wants to sort of create on its own, and what you can then do to actually change that from a, not from a cognitive behavioral therapy sort of perspective of dealing with that, the, those thoughts, but just on a base level, like of your physiology, mm. and then allow it just setting yourself up 
to then be able to tackle it because you're dealing with that underlying uh, physiology that we do understand that we do know that we can um, that we can work on. I think that that's um, I think people cognitively understanding what is going on, even it might not be what they want to be the starting point. They might be like, right, Jamie, let's do the conscious connected breathing. That yeah. that's actually what they will be empowering for them. Definitely. And it's such a good point because I think that for me is, is ultimately the goal with, with everyone that I work with is, you know, it's let's, if we come back to the personal training example, just cause it's a bit more outward visual than kind of the nervous system as you know, you could work with a PT and they can tell you what exercise to do, show you how to do it, correct your form and make sure that you're doing it right one hour a week. Yeah. But if you're leaving and going to the gym and doing it wrong, your other four sessions that week, because you don't actually understand the why or don't really feel the why, then there's a gap there. And I think it's the same with what we do. I think it's so important. You know, for me, I think, you know, someone could come and see me every week and we'll do an hour of, of breath work and we'll get them breathing functionally. We'll get them, you know, down regulating, whatever it might be. And then they disappear again and it's sort of undoing a lot of that work. And so the goal, I think, has to be to take where the majority of society are, and I'm there myself at times, sort of living in this top part of the body, just neck up yeah. and thinking and thinking and thinking and intellectualizing to actually connecting to your state, connecting to breath awareness as a starting point for us, obviously but almost using breath awareness as a bridge into somatic awareness and um, neuroception and understanding of what state you're in, because you could, you know, a lot of people who aren't into the work that we do and kind of into this world, you might ask them, okay, like, how do you feel? Or what, what state are you currently in? And people will struggle to answer because we're, we're disconnected from our bodies. And actually how can you then, learn how to change your state for the better if you don't know what state you're in and you don't know what the state that you're looking for feels like when you get there and so i think actually that's such a big part of it is connecting to the body giving people their own understanding of what that feels like because i could do an assessment with somebody and say it seems like from what you're telling me and the state of your breathing and you know your sleep and your stress that you're in an overactivated, hypervigilant, you know, sympathetic state. Yeah. However, I don't know that because I'm not in their body. Yeah. And so we have to help people get to a place where they actually know what state they're in, because only then can they apply the tools that they're given in the right form. Yeah. And this is the other the other part that I, I know, again, I think we're, we're pretty aligned on, which is there are a set of principles that underpin these breathing techniques based on the nervous system, based on the, the brain and the body. They should work most of the time in a certain way. You know, you extend the exhale and you should feel more relaxed yeah. or you do four, seven, eight breathing and you should feel more relaxed. You might give that to somebody four, seven, eight breathing as an example. And because of that hold in there and their relationship with carbon dioxide, yeah it might jack them up into, yeah. you know, stimulation yeah. and you've, and, and they've just been told, you know, you do five minutes of this and you'll sleep like a baby and they're lying there at 10 PM going, why do I feel so anxious? Yeah. And so it's, again, it's meeting people where they're at and saying, don't just listen to us. Like, yeah, that's important. In the beginning when you're working with a coach, you, you just want to absorb, but actually where you need to get to is to say, this exercise isn't working for me in the way it's supposed to given yeah. where I'm at right now. Yeah. How can I try something else that, that might create that change? And that yeah. is underpinned by, you know, the importance of that, you know, understanding and awareness of your current state through the nervous system, through the breath. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, I think that's really key. Yeah, no, no, it's, um, it's, it's, it's what it, it's what it's all about. Um, and it's not saying that these things, it's just not, it's not, we have to try and catch ourselves when we do it as well. Like when we put something out there and someone go, look, Fawz, I can't remember the guy's name who, who, who came out with, who was sort of the first person sort of talking about 478, but it was a, it was a thing that was like, right, 478 for everyone. It's like, crikey. 
I've had people with bolt scores of like three seconds or even yeah. less because of some sort of issue. Like four seven eight is not going to work for that person. And all we actually need to do, those of us that are, you know, put trying to put you know good, valuable information out into the world, is just precursor it with you know, this is a great exercise but be aware that everyone's different. And so yeah. it might not be the, the, the cure all for all people. Um, no, I love that. And I, I was going to ask you, what is, what is the goal and what is the, the vision? But um, I love that mm. sort of, yeah, helping people to understand a personalized approach and understand how to connect a little bit more down here rather than just um, yeah. up here. Um, I think the last thing I wanted to ask you about then was just uh, practically for someone, you said a lot of, you know, from your own, it makes sense from your own personal experience of like anxiety and panic attacks, you get that, that type of client, um, gravitating towards you. If, if someone's listening to this now and they're like, you know, they, they listen to the podcast cause they're right. Um, you know, I want to hear what Jamie's got to say about this. Um, they too suffer with anxiety, panic attacks, maybe, maybe it's a little bit, maybe it's quite severe. Where's a, where's a, where's a great place for people to, to start, you know, other than you know, the, the obvious one could be like contact you, book in a session, yeah. have a go. But if someone wanted to just start without that, maybe they, they, they're they not ready for, to make that sort of step yet to actually sure. work. Um, yeah, I think um, there's so, so many amazing free resources out there. Um, and I think that's always a good place to start. But because there are so many, it can be a little bit overwhelming as well. And there's a lot of, as we just said, information out there that's slightly lacking in nuance and slightly lacking in empathy in a way it's just like if you're struggling with anxiety have you ever tried breathing in for 20 seconds and out for 20 seconds so that you slow your breathing rate and you feel calm it's like yeah shut up that sounds um, like a, that sounds like a youtube <laughs> yeah exactly um so i think the um the thing for me around anxiety and panic attacks is that you know it would be lovely if it were as simple as just slow your breath down. Uh, you know, that's where we want to head. That's really, really helpful, but it sometimes is a bit um, dismissive of the intensity of, of anxiety for some people. And so I think um, I love the, the stuff, you know, from the oxygen advantage around the many small breath holds. I think that's yeah. a really, really impactful, very simple, uh, an effective way to catch your breath when you don't feel like you can just to get a handle on your respiratory rate yeah. so for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking yeah, about yeah explain it just really getting bringing your attention firstly to your breathing but then just taking two or three normal breaths in and out of the nose and then holding after an exhale for two seconds three seconds five seconds whatever feels manageable and comfortable going back into normal breathing and just repeating that until you do feel like you are then able to slow the breath down. And then I think from there, we're just looking to engage with things like extending the exhale, which slows down the heart rate more um, and getting a gradual process of slowing the breath down. And I think that for me is just a really good starting point for people to not get overwhelmed by the social media version of breathwork, which is, hey, just slow your breathing yeah. down. This will fix your anxiety. It's like, yeah, slowing your breathing down, great, really helpful. But where can we start if that feels a little bit out of reach at the moment? I mean, you feel um, anxious to slow your, you know, the, yeah. The more you slow your breathing down, the slower you're offloading carbon dioxide out of the system and therefore keeping more in the system. Mm. And that's actually one of the things that's triggering, A, your breathing, um and be potentially some of the feelings of anxiety because the more sensitive we are to it the 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 more irritability the the brain will have or be you know uh, susceptible to those anxious thoughts. Uh, yeah absolutely and i think as well from i guess the other end of the spectrum if we're sort of doing many small breath holds on one side we could also look at something like a physiological sigh um from the other end in terms of um again, slowing the breath down, double inhale through the nose and then sighing out of the mouth, which is going to help us to offload a bit of that CO2, which might actually help us to get a more of a handle on, on the breath again. Um, so yeah, I think there's, there's a lot out there. I'm a big advocate from a personal practice perspective at the moment of, of things like NSDR, non-sleep deep rest, which does involve yeah. some slower breathing, but also sort of, uh, body awareness, body scanning, moving your, um, I suppose your focus away from 
yeah. up top, back again, back into the body and feeling into potentially any sensations that do come with anxiety and actually coming back to that kind of childlike question again of like, Oh, what, why, like, what is that? What, what, what does that sensation mean? Um, and yeah, just really focusing as best we can on slowing everything down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, bringing back a point that we, that we were both made around starting with getting yourself educated rather than just jumping into say a YouTube video, um, you know, get, understand understand the how breathing will influence your um influence your anxiety mm. and you know um have you got some free resources i, I mean i've got one that i can put in the show notes but if, if you've got uh, free resources that can help people with that and i'll put a link in the show notes yeah so I'll, I'll share the link to my youtube where i've got um i think four there's just four different sessions on there um, so yeah just really easy for people to get get involved with that and i've got a uh, free download on my website as well um, cool. So yeah, there's plenty of plenty of free stuff um, because I think it's just you know there's nothing overly intricate and complex about some of these yeah. basic tools, and I think we can just get them out to people and and start you know hopefully supporting people and supporting themselves as a starting point. Yeah, no, totally, and it's it's one of those things that I know you're like me. It's like this breathing thing. It's it's free, so and it's almost it, I, it feels like a. Um, being educated in knowing how to do it and being able to do it well because of how it's going to impact all aspects of your life and your body and your mind it, it's something that should be like a, a basic human right hence why people mm. like yourself and, and myself have, have created these free resources so we'll put links to those free resources uh, in the show notes people so do um check those out um just nate what is the website um jamie and instagram where can people find you yeah, so um, everything under the breath space. So the breathspace.co.uk and then Instagram is the underscore breath underscore space. Cool. Awesome. Well, people, if you are not following Jamie or haven't checked out some of those free resources, head over to Instagram, give him a follow. Um, go and say hi as well. Give us any feedback or if you have any questions, I'm sure you can slide into those DMs and uh, Jamie will be happy to uh, answer those. And um, yeah, if you uh, any insights or any thoughts on any part of the, we've, we've covered quite a few different things, everything from identity and <laughs> the schooling system to, to breathing and, and anxiety and everything in between. So um, we'd love to hear from you. So um, yeah, feel free to get in contact on social on Instagram or on uh, or share uh, share the podcast with someone uh, that you love that may benefit from um, Jamie's wisdom. So, from me and all the listeners, Jamie, thank you for coming onto the podcast. Thank you, mate. Uh, Appreciate you having me. I look forward to uh, people. If you're interested, we and Jamie have done a couple of workshops already together. And we will be announcing um, another couple. Uh, for later in uh, potentially one in May and one later in the year I think we said um, yeah. so announcements for that will be out soon so uh, do keep a lookout on the gram probably or on email list to find out when that is great cheers Jamie thanks mate so there we have Jamie Clements aka uh, JC aka the breath space on the between breast podcast um, yeah, I always love speaking to Jamie. What a lovely bloke! Um, and yeah, trying to trying to do and doing great work uh, in the in the world and in the in the breath space uh, or breath work space. And um, I just love that notion of making breath work accessible, um, making it normal, and uh, making it for everybody. Um, I couldn't uh, I couldn't agree more with that, and, and hence why. Um, one, I wanted to have Jamie on the podcast, but two, I feel very lucky to be able to call him a, a friend and also uh, to to work together on workshops. So do keep an eye out for uh, to keep an eye out for workshops that we'll be announcing. Uh, supposedly one in May and then one later in the year um, as well. Keep an eye out for that. We uh, I will let you know if you're subscribed to the uh, to the email list. Um, also remember those free links to resources. I have my um, breathwork for stress and anxiety. Uh, course on probreathwork.com that's available uh, on the website and also on the app remember probreathwork, uh, probreathwork app is available on apple and on android so you can either go from the website probreathwork.com or from uh, search it in the apple or google store and uh, you will see the probreathwork app there 
Um, and then Jamie's links are below in the show notes as well for uh, those free resources that he has too. So do check those, uh, do check those out if you need, or if it's potentially um, check them out and send them on to a friend or a, a loved one that um, you know is unfortunately maybe finding finding things tough and, and you think that this could be um, could be a real help. So those resources are free and uh, we'd love them to be spread and uh, people to be able to benefit from everything that's in there. So as ever, thank you. Um, thank you for listening. If you're watching on YouTube or watching the video on, on Spotify, you can watch on Spotify as well. Um, wherever you are watching or listening from, I'd love you to give us a review on your preferred platform. Um, if you're on the sort of YouTube, you can hit like, you can comment, love to hear from you. Anything from feedback, uh, anything from uh, guests that you would like us to try to get on, um, I'd love to connect. So do do that. And uh, if you are so kind and have a few minutes, leave a little review on your favorite podcast platform, which just helps the growth and uh, the distribution of the podcast itself. And this is a great one to to share with somebody, you know, share at least with someone that that you think would benefit uh, from hearing this conversation with Jamie Clements. Uh, so thank you all forever for your support uh, of the work that we are all doing in this space, uh, and obviously specifically from, from myself and support of the Between Breaths podcast. So until next time, you've been breathing and listening and potentially watching. I've been Jacko. He has been Jamie. Till next time. Keep it nasal. <laughs>